As I, as I told you, uh, tonight is not a teaching night. Um, you know, I probably will talk for a little while, but um, I believe this, this word needs to be preached. And I don't know, it's, it's been a great number of years since I have preached on this passage of Scripture, but the Lord really just dropped this on me last night out of 2 Kings chapter 7. And when I say preach on this um, passage, this is, not, this is not a recycled message. This is um, new and fresh, but I believe it's what the Lord wants us to, um, to know tonight. 7 and 1, then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. And if they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. They rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And They said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites, and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. I want to focus my thought tonight on verse 4. If, if we say that we enter into the city, there's a famine in the city and we shall die. If we sit here, we're going to die also. And if we go fall into the hands of the Syrians... They might save us alive, but if they don't, we will but die. And I want to preach to you tonight, we can't stay here. Somebody say, we can't stay here. Now, I am 
You can apply this to yourself individually, but I'm preaching to us as a church tonight. We can't stay here. We have to move on. And to move on, there's some things that, that has to happen to get, it, get us to that place. Now, we, we learned that there was a famine in Samaria, in the city, because the Syrians had surrounded the city. They were encamping around them, and there had been battles and wars. This was not the first time that they had encountered the Syrians. But in surrounding the city, the people were too afraid to go outside of the city. And so their resources, their food, everything began to diminish. And before long, it was depleted. Inflation was rising. The cost of everything, the value of everything, the scarcity of everything was rising. And it brought a famine. The severity of the famine caused the inhabitants of Samaria not only to disregard the laws of uncleanness because they were not supposed to take partake of donkeys. Those were not edible animals, but beyond that, they were partaking of the head of donkeys. I don't know about you, but donkey brains was not something that was ever served at my family reunions. It had, it had gotten bad. And they said that even dove's dung was rising in cost and in price. And it was sold probably for fuel, not for burning fire and not for food. But there was a scarcity of it, and the famine was so great that there were two ladies that made an agreement and said, Today we will kill my son and boil him and eat him, and tomorrow we will kill your son and boil him and eat him. And so they killed the first son and they ate him, but the next day came and the mother would not kill her son. I guess she had brains or something. But there was a dispute between that. But the famine had gotten so bad, people were literally starving to death. And the prophet Elijah in chapter 7 came to the king of Israel, Joram, and said, tomorrow about this time, there's going to be a massive deflation. And things are going to get a lot better. And they're going to get a lot cheaper. In a measure, a fine flour will be sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. In today's terms, that would have been seven quarts of flour would be sold for the price of two ounces of flour. This was double the normal cost of flour, but it was a phenomenal improvement over the highly inflated prices that they were experiencing caused by the famine. And then there was a high-ranking official that was assisting the king. It was the man upon who the king's hand leaned that lacked faith and said, if God were to open windows in heaven, can this thing be? 
I don't know about you, but I've been to that place many times. It seems like there is a prophetic word that goes out that things are about to change so quickly and so drastically that we cannot imagine how that God's going to do it. And many times, whether we said it or not, there's a thought that runs through your mind. If God were to open windows in heaven, how can this thing be? They're starving to death one minute, and the very next day, 24 hours later, the prophet is prophesying that there is going to be such a a drastic divine shift in their circumstances that they couldn't hardly believe it. And so there's always going to be an unbeliever. There's always going to be that person standing by that says, I just can't see it. And if God were to open windows in heaven, how how would this thing be? And I wonder tonight how many provinces lay in the pews of the sanctuary in this place. And I wonder how many are wondering, will it ever happen? And is it out there somewhere? And how far out there is it? Is there something that can help us to understand how God can do this thing? Now, I'm here to declare to you tonight that in less than 24 hours, God can turn every circumstance and situation in this room tonight that is adversarial, that opposes us, every promise that's been given, every prophecy that's been spoken, every detail of the vision for this church and the city of Louisville. It can change in just a moment. And we've got to get that statement out of our head. We cannot stand by and say, if God were to open windows of heaven, can this thing be? We have to believe. And so by the gate of Samaria, there were sitting four lepers. In that day, I find it very strange compared to the times that that we just recently went to, but the law stated that lepers had to remain 16 feet apart from anybody so as not to contract it. They didn't know what was spreading the disease called leprosy, but they believed that in some way that it was airborne. I don't know who sets these boundaries uh, in our day. Six feet apart, you know, it's we were told if you stay six feet apart, you won't catch the dreaded Uh, plague but in those days there was a requirement that you had to stay 16 feet apart so imagine the disconnection no affection never able to feel the touch of a loved one or reach out and touch them feeling like an outcast watching your body deteriorate And there was something so desperate in them that, of course, we believe that it started long before the famine. I believe that somewhere in this story, the desperation of these four lepers began long before the healthy people inside the city that were experiencing the famine. And so they began to wonder among themselves. They began to ponder among themselves. They were literally starving to death these people 
And they had a very pessimistic view about things. And I'm not, I'm not for pessimism. And I'm not for speaking unbelief. And we've learned even recently that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I'm not all about pessimism. But occasionally it becomes that pessimistic viewpoint where you feel like at this moment in time, I have nothing to lose. Their pessimistic view of their situation prompted them unawares to take a step of faith. They were about to make a decision that was going to impact not only just the four lepers, but they were going to make a decision that was going to impact an entire city and ultimately an entire nation. And it was going to bring them victory over the Syrians. And so their final deduction is, if we go into the city, the famine's there and we're going to die. But we're not getting any better right here. Sometimes you have to get to that place where you understand that you really are between a rock and a hard place. Are you here tonight? There really is a time when we have to get to a place where we realize that we are miserable enough that we have to make a decision to say, I just cannot stay here. I, I, I'm miserable here. I'll be miserable there. And if I go there, I may, I may die. And so they made a decision that they were going to fall into the hands of the Syrians. Now, desperation is a very powerful thing. Everybody say desperation. The most dangerous person in the world, I've heard said, is the one that has nothing to lose. I'm going to tell you, we have learned that regardless of what we go through, that the Lord is going to take care of us. How many of you believe that here tonight? It doesn't matter what's happening in the world, the Lord is going to walk with us. Even if it is through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Clap your hands if you believe that. Somehow, some way, there's got to be some people in this place that, that get that feeling, I have nothing to lose. That I'm about to do something I've never done before in a good way. I'm about to pray a prayer that I have never prayed before or say it in a way that I have never said it before. I am about to come to a place of faith and expectation that I'm going to be so dangerous to the kingdom of hell that hell will wish that I never woke up in the morning. Are you here tonight? I'm talking about desperation here tonight. Somewhere in this service tonight, we have to make up in our minds as a church that we cannot stay here. Now, I know we're not dying in a famine. And I know that we are, we are not so bad that we are starving to death. I know that we're not eating donkey brains. And I know that we're not using dove's dung for, for fire. And, and I know that we're not threatening to kill our babies and, and consume them and boil them and, and eat them. But spiritually, there comes a point in time where you say, uh, where I'm at is not getting it done. And if I go there, it's not getting it done. And I may have to run straight into the enemy's camp. To change the whole situation that I'm in right now. I may just have to face my worst fears. Can I tell you tonight that they were in a famine because the enemy has surrounded the city and they were living in fear. But I'm here to declare to the enemy tonight, you don't get to determine our direction. 
and you don't get to determine what we eat and how we live and what our resources look like. Is anybody in this place thankful to be the people of God? Well, I wish somebody would praise him right now. I know it's not Sunday night, but I feel, thank you, Brother Andrew, I feel faith in this place tonight, and I need God to get a hold of us and put a spirit of desperation on us that will change everything. Oh, yeah. And so they, they were desperate, and then they became decisive. We've got to quit waffling around on the promises of God. We can't be indecisive. We can't be vacillating back and forth. We can't be, we can't be struggling one minute and, and up on a mountain the next minute. We can't be up and down like a yo-yo. There has to be a determination in us in this hour. I'm preaching about the end time. The church has got to get to a place of decisiveness where we make up in our mind, I know what I believe, I know who I am, I know what direction I'm going, and the enemy doesn't have anything to say about it. I'm not going to sit here until I die. I'm not going to hold this seat down in the sanctuary until I die. We've got a mall to buy and we've got a building to buy and we've got other churches to plant and we've got to be decisive about which side of the fence that we live on. Come on, somebody praise him right now. What I, what I learned about this story is that sitting still was not accomplishing anything. And when they decided to move, something began to happen. They heard a sound of horses. And they heard a sound of chariots. And they heard the sound of a great host the Syrians did coming their direction. You won't know the sound heaven makes connected to the sounds you make here on earth until you get up and move somewhere. Until you get dissatisfied with where you are. And tell God, hey, I may not be in a spiritual famine, but I've got promises that I have not attained to yet. I've got things that I'm believing for that I have not seen you do yet. And something in me is ready to move from where I am. I want to preach to somebody. I don't care if it's two or three. I want to preach to somebody that's saying, I'm tired of sitting right here. And I'm ready to get up and move in a moment of desperation so that heaven's armies can be released on my behalf. Well, I wish somebody would believe me here tonight. Don't applaud what I'm saying. Let something get a hold in your spirit tonight and say, I got to move. And so they went into the enemy's camp and they found silver and they found gold and they found changes of raiment and they found cattle and they found all the resources that they need in tents plenty. They found everything in perfect condition. The Bible, the Bible said that the Syrians left everything as it was. Now, can we go back a little bit to some recent messages here? Can we go back and talk about heaven's uh, or hell's hand-me-downs? 
Can we go back and talk a little bit about the promises that have been given by men of God in this pulpit and words from the Lord that some of you have heard in moments of prayer and fasting. I'm here to tell you that every promise is going to come to pass and God is going to do it. I don't care what it looks like right now. I feel a prophetic word in this place uh, telling us uh, that something's about to change uh, and something's about to shift uh, and God is in control. God is on the throne. Can I get anybody in this place uh, that'll get a hold of an old faith uh, and a new faith uh, at the same time and say tonight uh, I'm going to believe that all the promises of God are in him. Yay! And amen. Come on, shout to him right now. Come on, shout to him. You may not be in a famine, but you are weary. You may not be starving to death, but your faith is low, some of you, because it's been under attack. It's called the trial of your faith. God is not trying to kill you in your faith. He's trying to purify you in your faith so that you can come forth with gold-plated faith in this place. I'm going to say it again so that the devil can hear it. Every promise of God is going to come to pass. The devil is not in charge of this. We don't care how hard he attacks. It's going to happen. I'm preaching to somebody who's on the edge of giving up on your dream. Don't you give up on your dream. The devil's not in charge of your dream. God gave you that dream. My God, there's something in this place tonight on a Thursday night. I'm here to preach to somebody that's walking around with a big question mark in your life uh, saying, where is God? I'll tell you where he is. He's on the throne and he's in charge and he has all power and he's going to do it for his people. Well, I want you to just praise him here for a moment. Come on, don't look at me. I want you to praise him here. Yeah. Come on, get your faith up. Come on. Get your eyes on him. Get your eyes off the problem. Get your eyes off the famine. Get your eyes off of the opposition. Get your eyes off the obstacle. Come on, 
Come on. We need some people in this place that aren't afraid to be an outcast. Some of y'all are too normal. You're just operating in normal Christianity, afraid somebody's going to make fun of you. You're like the leper sitting in the gate that nobody wanted to hang out with, that you had some horrid disease that they were afraid of catching. I'm preaching to somebody in this place. It's time for you to get up from the gate and move into the camp of the enemy and take what God has reserved for you. There's going to be There's going to be at least four That's going to make something happen That's going to change everything I don't know which four it's going to be but there's four that are sitting here this tonight that have nothing to lose. You're in a place where you're not afraid of what anybody says anymore. And you're tired of feeling like an outcast. And I'm tired of sitting right here and I'm not going back into the city. The answer is not going backwards. I'm going here. I know the enemy's out there. I know that's where the devil is. I know that's where the spirits of hell reside. But it's hell that's holding on to what's mine right now. And I'm going to get up and move my God, my God, my God right now this place I don't know what for it's going to be it might be in this section it might be in this section over here I don't know who it is but somebody's got to get up and move tonight come on come on come on come on No, no, no. You can't get it staying where you are. You gotta get up and go. You gotta get up and get your feet to marching. If you want heaven's armies to march, you gotta get your feet moving. And somebody say, it's about to be over. It's about to change. Victory's coming. Come on, I challenge you to right now to do something you've never done before. in this place right now. Come on, that's it. Come on. I'm calling for some warriors. I'm calling for some outcasts in this place to get up and move. Get up from the gate. Go on. Come on, now's the time you gotta quit worrying about what everybody thinks. We can't stay here. Oh, 
Come on, greater faith. I need you to claim it. I need you to claim it. It's mine. I'm going after it. If I got to chase the devil to get it, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm not going to sit here in my despair. I'm not going to sit here in my depression. I'm not going to sit here in my fear. I'm not going to stay here in my carnality. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let the devil set the tone in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I feel something shifting for somebody. I feel something changing for somebody. Come on. It's time to get desperate. It's time to get desperate. Oh, Satanda la Moshike Hakata. It's time to change the conversation. You can't sit there by the gate talking about the famine all the time, uh, expecting things to change. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. Come on as a church. As a church. We're praying together as a church tonight. Jesus in your mighty name. Jesus in your mighty name, oh God. I hear the sound of horses. I hear the sound of chariots and a host of great men. I hear it going in the tops of the mulberry trees. Oh, I hear heaven's armies marching. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh. oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
I want you to keep the cameras rolling. I want to give people online an opportunity to pray with us. Jesus, in your name, mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. We're going to pray a corporate prayer right now. We're going to pray a corporate prayer right now. Before it's all said and done. We could be seeing the beginnings of it right now. I'm believing that God's going to reverse it. But I know the enemy's doing his best. The enemy is circling the church. He's trying to hem the church in. He's trying to pin us in. And he is trying to set the tone of our economy, our giving, our blessing, our promises, our revival. He's encircling us. And the spirit of Antichrist is going to try to put this world into some kind of a famine. Whatever you want to call it. Inflation exploding, whatever. You know, well, it's the ebb and flow of the economy. Well, I hope that's all it is. I hope that's all it is. But we know there is an intentionality about the devil's plan. He is going to try to encircle the church to where we feel like we can't even move. And we start devouring ourselves. And we can't let it happen. God's got to have a church full of desperation. This cannot get old. Coming in here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, Thursday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday night. This can't get old. It cannot get old. Small groups cannot get old. The hour is too late. It cannot get old. Yeah, we're tired. Yeah, we're fatigued at times. Yes, we're weary at times. Amen. But the Lord, the Lord is preparing. He is doing a great work. I want you to find you a prayer partner here for just a moment. And we're going to pray for the corporate church. When I say the corporate church, I'm talking about every nation under heaven. I'm talking about every oneness, Jesus' name, organization under heaven. I'm praying for the apostolic church right now. Would you do that? Would you lift your voice and do that right now? We're praying, oh Lord God, with a desperation here tonight. That you would find four leprous men if you have to. That you find at least four desperate people. Lord, that would follow the unction and the impulse of the Holy Ghost. 
that the people of God would begin to move in a way that we've never moved before, that we would pray and worship in a way that we never had before. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm praying, Lord God, that there would be a great awakening in this hour. We're praying, Lord, that you would shut down the spirit of Antichrist, every one of his plans. We're praying for revival in every nation. I want you to let the Lord put a nation, put a country in your spirit right now. I want you to call it out loud, and I want you to intercede for that country. Yes. Yes. Come on, the Spirit maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let the Spirit pray through you. Work in your people, God. See our desperation, God. Help us to be decisive. Help us to move forward, Lord God, quickly. Doing the will of God. Following the impulse of the Spirit. Hearing that still, small voice. And hearing you when you thunder on the mountaintop. Let us hear the voice of God. Let us feel the direction of the Spirit of God. Oh, God, let the winds of revival blow. Oh, let the devil be defeated tonight. In the name of Jesus, oh, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Ele be ambo candela bosea. Ele be candela boseke amara basata. Glory God, glory to your name, Jesus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, come on, it can change. It can change in 24 hours. We can wake up tomorrow and everything be different. We need a revival, Lord. We need an apostolic revival, Lord, in this place. In Jesus' name, oh God, we need your blessings to flow. In Jesus' name, we need the power of the Most High to move in this place, Lord. Let every child of God, let the anointing on them, God, increase. Increase in authority, increase in power. In Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh God, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands right now, just with an open spirit, with an open spirit. Hallelujah. Just with an open spirit. God, I want you to pray this prayer, Lord, please. Clean things out of me, Lord God. Get things out of me. The wrong motive, the wrong agenda. 
the wrong attitude, the wrong spirit, God, get all of my stubbornness and all of my rebellion and all of my iniquity and all of my carnality, get it out of me. Come on, pray that prayer, greater faith, in the name of Jesus. We're not trying to just prolong it for the sake of prolonging it. There's a flow of the Spirit here. We need the fire of the Lord to come and consume us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, the Alabo come the Lamosea. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Mayata la Mosea, Catayando Moseke, Maya Satalamaha. Glory to your name, oh God, glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, glory to your name, Jesus. You're worthy, you're worthy. I want you to think about how privileged you are right now. I want you to just stay in it for just a moment. I want you to think about how privileged you are because you're not your own. You're bought with a price. And whatever the enemy's trying to do, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's just going to make you better. It's just going to make you stronger. It's going to purify you if you'll keep the faith. Come on, I'm telling somebody right now, don't you throw in the towel. Don't you give up. Don't you get discouraged. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Oh God. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. I want you to stay with it for just a moment. I know some of you are tired of praying. But I'm reaching for the four lepers at the gate here tonight. I'm looking for the for the unashamed. I'm looking for the desperate. I'm looking for the people that say, we can't stay here. We can't stay here. Jesus, 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 oh God. There's a prophetic flow in this place right now. I'm going to tell you what's happening right this minute. Those prayers that are coming out of you are prophetic in nature. It's changing the atmosphere. It's changing the climate. It's moving things. It's shifting things. It's rearranging things. It's putting things in order. Whoa, my God, have mercy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you feel that right there? Come on. Oh, God. Jesus in your name. Oh, God. Father, we need you. Father, we need you. I pray for every family. I cover every family. I cover every family. I want our platform ministry to come up here as they pray. I want you to stretch your hands over them. Come on. We're going to pray a covering over this church. We're going to pray a covering of protection for sickness and infirmity and affliction and poverty, getting laid off jobs, bills piling up. In the name of Jesus, we're praying a covering over people right now. We're praying. That's it. Come on. Woo! Ha! Hallelujah. Come on. I feel it. I feel it working right now. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Come on, greater faith. Oh, Jesus. Have your way, Father. 
Lord God. Oh, I pray for somebody watching online tonight. I speak blessing over you. I speak conviction on your spirit. I speak healing in your life. I speak a renewal in your spirit, in your mind. In the name of Jesus, I bind every devil that come against the people of God. Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name we can't stay here we can't stay here that's it it's going to cost you something but you're going to have to get up and move there are going to be people in your life that are going to speak unbelief oh hallelujah but you're going to have to get up and move. praise you I feel the spirit of prophecy in here right now somebody needs to let it sit on your spirit and your mind the Lord is going to speak prophetic words into your spirit listen it may be a still small voice but he's going to deposit he's going to deposit these things in your spirit Jesus Jesus Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God.
Jesus, God.